What's up, y'all? It's Darius, and welcome to Wheel of Meta Your favorite podcast, Not Your Dash Tabletop. I've got over here your first contestant, Chris. Oh, hi, Darius. I'm really happy to be here. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, it's good to have you, Chris. And we got our second contestant coming in, Mr. Jordan. Uh, just to confirm, winners and losers get paid, right? Because I'm not doing this for free. That's not to close and in your contract. You should have read it. All right. Great. All right. So, um, all right. We do not have our press accept on those. Unfortunately, we don't have our typical third contestant. Uh, Kiki was not able to make it with us, but I promise this game will be quite fun and intense with our contestants here. So today we're going to be talking about metagaming. <clears throat> and I just got a few things for us to talk about. Honestly, I wanted to hit the first thing. I want to see uh, before I guess we get deep and heavy into that actual game of metagaming <laughs> is uh, talking about what um what are our definitions of metagame i think that's just something good to uh to put out so chris what do you think metagaming is um well in in our culture uh it has become a word to bash people with when you they do something you don't like in dnd but what it originally meant was for scenarios where you were acting on information that your character would know i.e Let's say your rogue is off scouting ahead, as they are wont to do, and they discover, oh my god, I've fallen into a trap and I'm dying. The other players and their characters who are not scouting, who are at the campfire eating sausages, shouldn't act on that information and be like, I suddenly feel like we have to rescue the rogue. That would be metagaming. Jordan, you got anything to add or you got a different definition of metagaming? Um, no, not really. Um, it's when people do stuff I don't like. <laughs> uh, it's definitely, um, uh, let me think. Yeah, no, no, that was perfect. Good job, Chris. Oh, oh, no, oh truly, actually, good job. I was going to get ready to like read a definition of metagaming, but I think what you said, like, pretty much, uh, captures it all around <clears throat> so metagaming used was... to such positive reinforcement <laughs> oh, all right i guess we need to we need to do more of that I, I don't know what to i don't know what to do with this <laughs> be proud my son be proud dad <laughs> so uh metagaming on it you know metagaming can be found in like any games but it's particularly I don't want to say rampant, but it's it's definitely like got its <laughs> yeah, like the the tendrils of metagaming are definitely deep. The claws are sunk into the game of D and D for sure. Um, it's it's hard to escape it. It's hard to get away from it. And you, it's it's something that like every player and DM just like really has to deal deal with at some point. Um, and you do your best. <clears throat> I guess the. Uh, Man, shit, I'm trying to think of how to move on. I'm I mean, going to edit this I, out. I'd like to say something about that. Okay. Which is, you say it's rampant, you say it's infested and all that, but it's a tabletop RPG. There's We're not, you know, in we're not in the world, right? 
And yeah. strategy is a huge part of the game. Right. So to say that it's infested and stuff is like, well, yeah, of course, because every time you do anything, it's metagaming to a certain extent. You're like, for example, true. for example, um, <laughs> we all have the, um, we only have like what, uh, 180 degrees of vision, right? Yeah. We can't see behind us. Right. But in the game, if you're playing on something like Roll20 or even more like Theater of the Mind, you see everything at all times, right? So, you know, like the reason the flanking rule is there, because the idea is someone's literally stabbing you in the back, right? But you could deal with them just as easily as you could deal with the other person in front of you. I mean, you're true. I, I, I agree. Like, well, just sitting here when I was like thinking about metagaming, um, you know, trying to get all this stuff set up. It's like one of my first thoughts was thinking about like how how necessary like is metagaming to D&D. And on the like and initially thinking about it, I was like, honestly, like it's it's fairly kind of important. Like you can't it- just. Get it's inherently of, embedded yeah yeah like you can't just get rid of metagaming or like you don't you don't have a game from like thinking of your player stat blocks to creating um to creating your class to synergizing with other players as you play like some of that s- stuff is just like it's absolutely necessary uh, or the, the game won't be as fun right you know, like I- we've heard horror stories of people like being um what was it it was like uh, a, a spellcaster oh sorry a non-spellcaster was asking a spellcaster hey can you cast this so what we have i think it was like pass without trace yeah can we have pass without trace and they're like how do you know my spells you're not a spellcaster and it's like come on dude i just ask you <laughs> if, we, if, if you can cast that thing i've seen you cast <laughs> right and a lot of a lot of breaking character that's a that's a key thing that's all that's considered metagaming to like break out a character to talk to someone else to do something like that. Or if you an inherently magical world. So you would assume like, I know what magic is. I saw you do that thing that made us go like invisible or whatever. So maybe I would ask you to do it again. But yeah, um, it's like, but it's like, <laughs> but you're gonna say, like, how do you know the name? How do you know it's called Pass Without Trace? You don't know that. Yeah. That's metagaming. You can't do that. <laughs> you didn't say a character voice. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't use your character voice. You're supposed to use that. How do that shadowy thing you did? <laughs> it's one of you know, like a lot of stuff when it comes to stuff like that. It's kind of like <laughs> you didn't sound ignorant enough. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what was that thing you did with uh, all the right. darkness swirled around us and uh, and that's that's one of those hard things I, I think is uh, trying to figure out like where where to draw the line. Like how do, how do you feel, uh, Jordan, when it comes to like metagaming, like where do you think is a like good line to draw for what is acceptable and what is not? Uh, I mean. To me, it really comes down to really focusing on what your character would know. Like, for example, one case of what I think... Actually, I wouldn't really call this metagaming. I I, I guess it would be reverse metagaming. Like, (laughs) you know, um, you'll be in combat and a character will say, okay, I'll rush over there to Sam. And then the DM's like, okay, you're going to take three opportunity attacks from those goblins. 
And he's like, okay, never mind. I'm not going to rush over there to Sam. It's like, yes, the player forgot that they were surrounded by goblins, but I don't think the character would, you know? And that's like something like, it, it's hard to really call I mean, it meta I mean, That's the same idea. That's the same idea with like a recap, right? Like yeah. every week, you know, or however often you play, like, sure, you probably remember the highlights. You probably don't remember like the minute details, though. And that's why your DM gives you a recap. Yeah. Because <laughs> your, your player is, I uh, in theory, right there while it's happening. So they, uh, the character rather, doesn't need the recap because <laughs> that's just their <laughs> fucking life. <laughs> and that's our, and in like doing stuff like that, your the recap, um, Playing that reverse metagaming, I I love that you already like touched on that because that was something that I had brought up too. Um, because it it happens often. It was like you as a player don't remember anything, but it's like, but my character does. And I think that that's um I oh, think that saying my character would do this or my character would know that is a slippery slope. Yes, that's that's what I'm looking for. That's it's a touchy thing to like, that's a teetering uh line that you have to kind of walk across between how much is allowed in that and how how much isn't like a lot of dms um will try to will give you it's like oh i don't really remember but my character should remember that and so some of them will be like okay cool roll an intelligence check roll to see if you remember that and usually that kind of keeps you in the free and clear uh for most of that stuff because it's a dangerous precedent honestly to set that you just say oh now that you've told me this information, like the DM has given me this information, I don't actually have to write notes or anything. Like my <laughs> character a, knows. A, yeah. Or oh well, my, yeah. Well, so there is actually a feat that is specifically that. for that. Yeah. Which I believe it's called um I think it's Keen Mind, isn't keen it? Mind? Yeah. It's Keen Mind. It's not a very good feat, uh, all things considered. It's one of the very few in the original player's handbook that boosts intelligence. So wizards are keener to take it but it comes with a specific thing that says a bunch of bunch of like uh random crap like i always know where north is and all that kind of crap one of them is i literally know everything that happened in the last month so let's recap the character <laughs> which i mean like if somebody takes the time to like take that feat and use it in that way more power to you that's literally in the game um, and if your DM is following the rules of uh, of D and D in general, like the general structure, then like there you go. But most players aren't taking that, and most players are going to try to, you know, no. as a player, you're trying to push for as like as much as you can get out of the DM as you can, because that's just kind of like a part of it. The the DM has theoretically infinite resources, and you don't. So if you can get what you're going to get, you're, I mean, you're going to do it. Cool. I mean, if there was zero metagaming, wouldn't the DM just be silent the whole time? <laughs> like, you enter, room, going on. you enter a room. You enter a room, look around on the map, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just all, like, they're just there to just move you along when you finally get to the next stage, and it's just like, alright, you've made it to the next dungeon. And do character voices for the monsters that kill you. <laughs> <laughs> or what are, what are my favorite, uh, uh, parts of what is metagaming that like you don't normally think about the dm when you make a decision and the dm looks at you and says are you sure are you sure yeah 
that's 10,000% metagaming because that's <laughs> yeah. and it's like it, it's it's to save your ass and to help keep the game a little nod and wink that says not, this is a terrible winks, idea <laughs> yeah that's Don't that uh this. oh man they're about to go down a path that i am not prepared for um I, I I don't want to have them all go to the astral plane right now. I'm going to make sure they want to do this. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, it's a, it, it does become, there's, there's the more egregious metagaming, which I think is the, the which in the definition, which is what you gave in your scenario before. It was like someone falls into a trap. No one's there to see it. You as a person can't suddenly make your character run over to the exact location that's right. you know that's absolute bullshit. You can't pull anything like that. But I think there's like more benign things where um you're in the middle of combat and you're fighting a monster and you roll a you roll a 17 and it misses. You're like, damn, it misses. Then you roll like a 20, a 20, 21. You're like, all right, bet. I rolled 21, and they, the DM tells you that's hits. You tell the rest of the party. All right, guys, I, a 17 miss, but a 21 hit, that means the AC's got to be somewhere in between like those numbers. It's probably like 19 or something like that. Even that's a little bit of uh, metagaming right there. Because, I mean, that's breaking out a character and that's using knowledge that in the heat of the moment in that battle, the other players are going to know that. That's an imaginary number for your players, your characters. They don't know what uh, 19 AC means. Yeah, and there are certain abilities um, where, like, this text specifically says after the dice is rolled or the die are rolled, dice are rolled, but before you know whether or not it hits, you know. And so, in those cases, knowing exactly what the enemy's AC is, that's pretty helpful. Yeah, it re- it really is. <clears throat> Let's also remember, um, speaking of metagaming, that. And this is also another case of like benign metagaming. According to the rule book, combat is like six seconds. Every round is six seconds. And yet you'll run into countless games where it's like every pe- person's turn. They're like taking fucking forever to come up with the ultimate tactical decision. Asking a bunch of questions, you know, could I do this? Or how does this look? And all that. And it's like, if you were in a fight, none of these things would ever matter. Because you would just either be punching or being punched. <laughs> it's like no nobody can think that fast except for like no one some can, no one can come up with D and D bullshit that fast, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Which is what I I love to think of that because I think how most people end up actually playing D and uh, D anyway when it comes to combat is that you're doing it anime style. You're doing it DBZ. All of them are moving at the speed of light. There will always be another character that's outside mm-hmm. watching Goku and Cell fight each other. It's like they're moving so fast, I can't even I see, can't what see them. <laughs> but at the same time, you go you go into the scene where it's Goku and Cell actually fighting, and somehow these guys are having normal conversations at the speed of light that no one else can hear. And I think that's re- and that's really how like everybody plays because that's it's enjoyable. That's an en- that's an enjoyable part of like metagaming that like I wouldn't take out even if it takes a player um 30 minutes which is terrible to mm-hmm. figure out what they want to do uh it's I mean, really upsetting when they also want to do like a speech during their turn <laughs> everybody you know was... what I mean it's like you dishonored my faith and now I will have my revenge feel the wrath of Pelor's <laughs> light 
as I recite an oath that I made up. <laughs> and you know exactly who I'm talking I about. I didn't know exactly. <laughs> hey, man, every, everybody wants to have their moment. That's, you know, it's the beautiful thing about D&D is everybody getting their chance, getting their chance to shine. <clears throat> Sometimes it's letting somebody have a, a three-minute dialogue within six seconds somehow. <laughs> Oh, uh, this- it, what actually happened is uh, they they clashed fists, and since they're such uh, powerful and well connected uh, by fate fighters um, or warriors, uh, their you know auras mixed, and they just knew what each other were thinking and feeling. You know, uh, very scientific stuff that I researched in uh, <clears throat> Naruto. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I I actually can second that. I have seen the sources. Um, you can go and check them out at google.com. If a Rasengan hits a Chidori, you're stuck in a time bubble where you can only talk. Talk no <laughs> That's what I know. Talk, talk no jutsu. I was actually watching a guy who was talking about how much he hates anime because and Star Wars. Because people do the sword lock thing, you know, where they swing and then the swords hit and they just stand there. Yeah. And he was like, when that happens, you just bend the sword over and cut the guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't just stay there, you move. <laughs> but that doesn't look good. That doesn't, but it doesn't sound look good. cool. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody wants, you don't need to be efficient in that. We're not, you're not oh. trying to actually kill them. If you're coming to anime talking about how inefficient their fighting styles are <laughs> you're here for the wrong reasons <laughs> oh my gosh you know what anime is uh not inefficient about their fights jujutsu kaisen well them <laughs> nah dude them boys they i'm just saying i like most people most animes are like we're gonna fight one-on-one and with honor nah jujutsu kaisen is quick to put three people on you to beat your ass <laughs> to put them down quick fast and in a hurry no darius because they have a bunch of characters still that have limiters on and if you were smart you would never be in any anime where people have limiters you would just <laughs> be full blast all the time <laughs> i you know what i take offense to that because my favorite character uh nanami it like no, also has a limiter. let me let me tell you limiters are the coolest thing and the reason why they keep coming back is because they're the coolest thing but you know the the military doesn't like turn their guns onto kill mode, right? <laughs> They're already, yeah, yeah, yeah. They already set the kill. Yeah. <laughs> Although, um, this, is, this is my fuck around state. Now let me upgrade to actual lethal talent. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Although we are, uh, like, in Jujutsu, uh, in Jujutsu Kaisen, putting a limiter on yourself does make you more powerful. This is true. It's like, it's like, it's canon. Another reason why I like Nanami goes into overtime and he's like, all right, it's anyway, time to really beat D&D. Your eyes. <laughs> all right. Welcome back, back to the D and D portion of the podcast. <laughs> That's right. Okay. <laughs> let me get let me get back to some <laughs> Yeah, Darius, did you have like material prepared or <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let me get back to one of my other questions. We're kind of like hit, we're kind of like hitting You've stuff. been pretty critical of all the hosts so far, and I haven't seen much coming from this week's host. Oh, you <laughs> shut the hell up! I hadn't been critical on none of y'all. I, mean, That's I would just bullshit. I would I would ask the viewers to read the descriptions. 
the Darius rights and then say who's the best host. This is not a competition. It never was. I have never, I never ranked I never anybody. Said it was a competition. Um, You're sure true. You know, like I'm just. Right now. Uh, I'm just what I, going off what I observed, Darius. Anyway, back to D and D. There is one like sort of unavoidable category of um, uh, metagaming. metagaming, and that's to me like. When you as a player are smarter than your character, because yeah. like you know, if I step over there, I'm going to like have to roll a new character. But What's your, your six intelligence barbarian, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he might just watch someone carefully sidestep a trap and be like, "Uh, oh, wonder why he's walking all funny," and just barrel straight into it. <laughs> And it's I the that, crowd's I, invisible. That that's just the hardest thing to do. I like because I I've done that. I've like been the dumb fighter or a dumb barbarian, and it is a struggle to let your character do the dumb shit that it would do that they would do in that moment. Um, because I it's partly why I make char- I make characters in the first place that at least have like ten intelligence so that I can at least have some common sense. <laughs> Cause it's 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 like you said it's rough. Like they're not gonna notice. Um, someone's gonna tell them, "Oh, hey, you can eat this apple. It's gonna give you super strength." And they're lying through their teeth, but your character is not smart enough to know that, and they're gonna eat it anyway. And you have to because they persuaded you. Or you get um, there's some cursed item, and for whatever reason, your character's by yourself, or nobody's around to tell them otherwise. And they're like, "But I'm it's gonna- clearly cursed. <laughs> it's clearly cursed." But your you character whispering. Too, whisper it like there's a voice in your head now telling you to pick me up and you didn't go oh that's weird why would something whisper to tell me to pick it up nah you just see big slashy stick (laughs) that seems legit (laughs) let's do it let's go slash some things use my power okay (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's double back a bit honestly guys you have we've been like hitting all the points that i've like had on here but um so i'll start with one of the questions just kind of bring us back around how much metagaming do you think is too much uh jordan go um i mean if it happens rarely enough that well i mean i guess it depends on the party because if everyone is all in on metagaming then you know it makes this point new but if it happens enough that you know, like every couple of sessions, someone is like, uh, are you sure your character would do that or know that? You know, that's probably crossing the line. But, you know, if it's just once in a blue moon, someone does something that's sort of metagamey and, um, you know, like they don't do it often enough that someone's like, uh, John, for the fifth time today, you can't just do that. Then, yeah, damn it, Jan. Or actually, <laughs> I guess the objective answer is it's up to each group. But you know, that's not a really good answer. Yeah, it's not. Is that an objective answer or subjective? I feel like it's a subjective. Well, the <laughs> objective answer is that it is subjective for each group. I like that. There it is. That makes more sense. I don't think you guys know what either of those words mean. Because I, I know exactly. <laughs> hey, I've say... been to college. 
I know what they mean from a medical standpoint. Yeah, so I know I know math. I didn't take an English degree. Oh shit! All right, Chris, what do you feel? How what do you feel is too much metagaming? Well, I, I kind of resent this question, Darius, because like I said, metagaming is embedded. I was just thinking while we were talking about you know how dumb your character is, and you have to like lean into that, like. Wouldn't min maxers be metagaming? <laughs> like your your character isn't thinking like if I sell my soul to a warlock at level six or to a patron at level six to become a warlock, then my my paladin hexblade will become complete. They're not thinking that. In fact, <laughs> I would say like if you read like the lore on paladins versus warlocks. You probably lose both powers if you tried to do that. <laughs> I don't think gods and not gods are keen on sharing their people. So, I mean, metagaming is it's in the game. We can't stop that. Like it's just when it gets egregious, which like Jordan said really depends on who you're talking to. <laughs> uh it it's one of those things where I think you know, we talk about how important session zero is. Um, and your DM can talk about metagaming to a certain extent, but typically you won't. It's just one of those things that the party has to find what they're comfortable with. Um, and I don't know. Like, I think most parties would uh, not accept what I described at the beginning of like, you know, I know what Jeff's doing 20 miles away. That's that's not good, unless they had like a sending stone or you know some means of communication. No, I, or, I agree. A familiar with you. or whatever, but and honestly, but I I'm mean not... like tactics, building your character, <laughs> hell, even communicating to some degree. Some people are just like, uh, I tell the party what happened. Is that metagaming? You didn't act it out. You just kind of said it's also like. You didn't say what your character said, which might have left out or modified details the way your character would have said it. You just said, I, verbatim, told them what happened. You know what I mean? I get you. No, I... no embellishing. No no single detail left out. I told them what happened. And, I, and that's that another thing where things start to get a little murky because it's like how... You I don't have keen mind. <laughs> you don't have you don't have keen mind, so you just don't remember everything. But going back into like you know, I tell everybody everything. I honestly, I I don't think that that's um, I don't think that that's metagaming because like your character got the information, then your character told everybody the information. But you did out of character just say like he told everybody this. You didn't role play it, and so I metagaming and role playing I think can sometimes um. I want to say get like a little murky because you can get a little like two numbers heavy. Um, a perfect example is like your player that has a charisma of 20 and they're trying to pursue and they're trying to persuade someone and your team's like, okay, cool. Role play it. And they're like, I'm your players. I'm not good at role playing. I can't do this. Can I like, I can just roll. My character is good at this. He'll just say something that's good. Just let me do that. Um, and it's I think that's kind of one of those uh weird moments of uh 
I guess that would it fit more in reverse game metagaming now that I think about it because it's like my character is just good at this, but I'm not. No, well, no. In in a case uh, like that, um, I think I think you go with what the dice says because like you can be horrible at charisma, sure, but like you know, like a fighter with twenty strength, they're gonna be pretty strong, but they can still fail a strength check, um, and so like. Your character who has 20 charisma, they can come up with the most obvious lie in the world. Just like there's no way anyone would believe it. But you roll the 20. Like it, it doesn't matter. You know, the, the fighter might have sneezed in the middle of this act of heroic strength. And that's what made them fail. You're, the person you're lying to might have just like, I don't know, off screen. Well, not off screen, but... Before you guys met up with them, they got hit on the head and they have a slight concussion and that's why they believe you. You know, it it doesn't really matter what you as a player say to convince them. You rolled a 20. You convince them. But that's on a player versus NPC basis. I think what Darius is talking about is when it's player on player lying. Um, rolling charisma checks even without having like a good thing to say to like convince someone or intimidate them um that's fine i think when it's player versus npc it gets muddy when it's player on player action right because it it leaves us with a sour taste in our mouth when we're lied to through someone's teeth you know, we're told the sky is red, and we know that's not true, but they roll, like, way better than us, because, of course, it's a charisma character, mm-hmm. and we, we're we our dumb barbarian, so we have, like, no insight, and we're like, oh, I guess that color's red, not blue, right? It, it feels like total ass to just be like, and you accept that as the truth. So, most DMs, I think when they say talk it out, roleplay it, they're referring to that specifically. You can't just use a number to hide behind to get your way with your party. Yeah, and which is, and sometimes you get you you get the <clears> type <throat> of player that wants to do stuff like that. It's uh, honestly, it's usually like your your barter rogue, um, especially happening when you've got a player character that's like, I want to steal from everybody, and they yeah. tell you as a player, and you're you, I mean, you're stuck. It's because they probably have the high enough stealth and sleight of hand that they can make it happen. And you just know that you lost your shit. And you really, you as a person are like mad at this dude, but you can't let your character be mad at them. Yeah. And that goes beyond metagaming. That's just you have a shitty friend in, in, in That's your group. True. That's but true. in other cases, it's very fun for both sides. It, the like, you could see it on like NatPod, Critical Role all the good shows and stuff, even Taz, where it's like a joke when you're stealing like worthless items that have no meaning. Like, um, (laughs) what's a good example? Um, (laughs) Like, uh, Hard One's Arcane from NADPOD. His drug addiction, right? I forgot about that. (laughs) Like, it kept being in other people's pockets and getting back to Hard One. And it was just a fun thing that they did like obviously they were stealing from each other constantly but but it, it was you cool. know it was who gave a shit? it, ad- right. added it was some all levity. good fun as uh, opposed uh, uh, to like some kleptomaniac that's like i want all of that player character's money 
right? Yeah, I've actually done a version of this. Um, one of our uh, players was out for like a month. And so when they came back, they were like low on gold. They didn't have very many or they missed out on like um, treasure hall. And so we were like, oh, I, I can give you some gold to like help you catch up. And, you know, they were real nice. They were like, no, no, it's fine. I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll survive. And then I was like, OK, I'm I'm going to do a slide of hand check to, you know, just put 50 gold in their uh, bag. And they're like, no, 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 no. I don't want that. And I'm like, OK, I rolled a 23. What are you wrong? <laughs> 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 so they were just forced to take the money. And I that's, think that's fine. Yeah, I, d- I do, too. Which actually brings me. It's when it's malicious that. It's the it's the malicious intent when you get to that point there where it's like that's maybe that's where we could that's where we can draw the line of like meta gaming when the intent the intent becomes malicious because then it's you take away from the fun in the game and that's the real goal of D and D to have fun and once that stops happening then we've got problems right but for some people that is their fun. And you know. that person needs to find. Oh, that's group. when you need new friends. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. You know. Okay. And I actually, no. No, you go do? ahead. You got one more thing. Go ahead, bro. I actually want to circle around to the um, like min maxing power gaming thing. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> it, it depends. It uh-huh. it really depends on the character because. Well, one, if you're the type of player who's like, oh, my, my character is uh, canonically uh, God, they just have to remember that. Then technically, yeah, it's not metagaming to, to have the most powerful build possible. But, but that's such like a time. loaded, you know. Yeah, that, like... It's more of a problem with the character <clears throat> than metagaming. <laughs> I feel that. Hey, Sorry, know... not the character, the player. Yeah, like D and D is like it's not a video game. So like you know, power gaming in a video game is like expected. Like you should be doing that. That's how you play. But D and D is like it's 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 a little it's different. Like there should I I feel your character should like have some flaws. And power gaming, ah, man, like I I feel like it's it's uh the murky waters of of meta gaming because I don't think you sh- I don't think a person should try to make every single thing advantageous to them like you know if your DM tell happens to give you the information this is the place where you're gonna be this is some of the history these are some of the characters and then you go and take that knowledge to make your character like I maybe not a god but just like the ultimate hunting machine that can fix and solve every single problem in this campaign i think that's doing a little too much you say that but that's like the only way the ranger can do anything (laughs) right (laughs) because they need their preferred terrain they need preferred enemies if they don't get that up front they're fucked the entire campaign they're they're like locked out of their best stuff yeah or like if someone were to like the DM's like, all right, we're going to play uh, Descent into Avernus. And someone comes to the table. Uh, yes, I've got my uh, Tiefling Paladin. Uh, you know, fire resistance, uh, extra damage against, um, you know, undead and devils and demons and all that stuff. Uh, it's just my character. It's, it's just how it happens to be. It's like, is it? 
Is it really? Is it? <laughs> I don't know about that, dude. I oh, mean, man. you could make the argument that uh, I think base tieflings get a boost to charisma, so that'd actually be very good on a paladin. But yeah, having fire resistance <laughs> is kind of like, are you sure? <laughs> it's 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 something. It it definitely has its moments. Now, there's a couple more uh, ideas of metagaming that I want to run by y'all just to see how y'all feel about them that I think uh, happen often. So one of them is it happens more often when you have like a veteran player. You've got a player. They're playing a the game. They come up against a troll. It's the character's first time fighting against a troll, but it's not the player's first time. How much do you how much do you allow the character to know, oh, trolls are weak against fire and acid? Or do does the play character just have to sit and bash this troll's face in until it hopefully figures this out, or maybe not at all? This is also the problem with having players that own the monster manual. Yeah. <laughs> and have read it. Like yeah. it's unacceptable unless you actually buy it in universe, which you can do in some of the modules, to like look up your monster manual during a fight. I think if you know about the monster, like let's say I've read about trolls and I know, hey, trolls are weak to fire. I think you yourself shouldn't bring it up. Um, I think it's fine to ask your DM, what do I know about this? Uh, because your DM might have changed the monster and it's not weak to fire anymore. It might Which, be like an ice troll or some shit. I was gonna say, and that's uh, that's usually a counter is right. to change the monster. Um so in truth, you probably you well, I shouldn't say probably, you might actually not know as much as you think. Um so I think my happy middle ground is say work on the knowledge that I think is good. But don't share it with the rest of the group unless I roll some check that the DM allows me to do that is like, what do I know about this thing? So I would do like, I don't know, I'd be asked like, hey, can I do like an arcana or Nature I don't know, check. survival? Nature? Yeah, survival yeah, that kind of thing that kind of puts you in there. Jordan, that, what do you uh, think about that? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I would say like Maybe if you're trying to be like especially careful about it, like maybe throw out a couple of attacks that you know will only do maybe normal damage or even um, like um, do something that the um, creature would be resistant to, um, which is also helpful. Um, but it just makes it seem like you're not specifically trying to, you know, oh, that's um, great, Jordan. Like oozes, I believe, are resistant to. I think it's uh, slashing and like bludgeoning, but they're weak to like piercing or something like that. It's it's one of the three damage normal damage types they're weak to. It's something like that, I think. But again, I could be wrong. Um, so you could be like, "Oh no, my sword didn't work. I guess I better try an arrow." <laughs> That's that's an interesting. That's like a very benevolent meta gaming where it's like I know how this works, but I'm gonna. Well, that's do... the fine line you have to walk, uh, yeah. because like I said, meta gaming is in the game whether you like it or not. The second you've played D and D, you've become experienced, and you now know like, oh my god, kobolds and goblins have pack tactics. I think we all know that at this point, and there's no way we can get around that. 
Uh, but that's more benign because they're always in huge groups, so you're going to learn that real quick anyway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's stuff that's like, I guess, like, uh, if you were fighting a lich for the first time and you kill the lich, you probably, and you've never read anything about liches, except that they get stitches, um, you would probably not know that that lich is still kicking, right? Like it, it might be gone for a while, but it's going to reform unless you destroyed the phylactery. You did right, know. right, yeah. If you hadn't hunted down the phylactery, then you've you've done nothing but nothing. buy time. But piss, but piss off an immortal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but yeah. the second time you fight it, you might be like, "We need to search for that fucking phylactery," or you would have the know how to be like, "Hey." Is there anything, you know, because you usually characters have some quest giver. Is there anything special we need to do about this lich guy? And the DM's like, I've been waiting for you to ask that for, like, ever. Thank you so much. Or, yes. or he's like, metagamer! Metagamer! <laughs> like, well, you, you probably should have asked the quest giver, but that was at the beginning of the campaign, and you're almost at the end, uh, and none of you know what a phylactery is, so... uh I saw your Amazon history. I saw that monster manual. Oh, the nice DM that's like, okay, give me an intelligence check. Oh, you rolled a nat 20. Um, You happen to see a tapestry that happened to tell you everything about how to kill and destroy a lich, and it showed you the phylactery, actually. And there was this big bottle that was like, the lich had like a security grid around called in Norton, he called in uh Ordis, he called in uh what's the what's the actual security company? <laughs> I was like, who are you talking? Um, no, he called in ADT. the ADT. He called in ADT for physical security, <laughs> Otis for uh uh Orden, I think, for like bugs and all that, and then Norton for cybersecurity. <laughs> <laughs> How did he know my wizard uses his laptop? <laughs> my, no, my my alienware phylactery oh, no. holy shit it has rainbow lights <laughs> love it so yeah i i this this is great so it's i think we've let it on metagaming metagaming is a, a necessary part of dd because it's embedded in it uh the line where we draw metagaming really comes down to how much malicious intent uh a player has or the dm has uh when it come when it comes to implementing it but by and large metagaming is metagaming is fine and it's it's a part of the game you can't escape it i mean there's even like super benign metagaming where you just have like a an in joke that your table has that not only do your characters not know about they hate this joke, and that's why it's funny. You know, like, uh, I don't know, you could make up some stupid joke where whoever has, like, this shitty magic item is, like, the loser of the group. And it, so every session it just becomes like, I try to slip the ring into Jackson's bag. <laughs> <laughs> and and in the in the party... This is like some toxic relationship crap, right? But in the table, it's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> Just the absolute hoot. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, metagaming, we keep saying things like, 
metagaming's embedded. We it's a uh, it's a evil that we have to deal with, and it, it's not. It's just like all things, too much of it can be a bad thing. Metagaming in moderation. I dig it. Well, I think we should go ahead and end it here. I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I actually had a little a little game for us to play, but I think we did pretty good. And I'm I'm down for us as you want to play. It's gonna take a minute, so we're super good. Give a shit. (laughs) I know you don't give a shit, but I give a shit. We can do like two shits. (laughs) I don't give three shits, but four. All right, y'all, we're going to get out of here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, We'll catch you next time on Not Your Dad's Tabletop. (laughs) See you on the flip. Bye, y'all.